Welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name's Simeon. I was a teacher for eight years. I was a maths lead, an RE lead, and several other things. But the absolute highlight of my career for me was getting to work with trainee teachers and help them begin their careers on the right foot. We've got a really interesting episode for you today. We've got Sam Kearns here from Art Fund, and we're going to be discussing the importance of the arts in teaching. It's a topic I'm very passionate about, um, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Just before we get started, I'd like to say that we're looking for trainee teachers and ECTs who'd be interested in sharing their experiences on the podcast. So if that's you, if you've had an interesting half term or some wins you'd like to share with us for our Christmas episode, please do get in touch with us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash twinkletrainyteachers, on Twitter or X at traineetwinkle or one word, on Instagram at instagram.com slash twinkletrainyteachers, Pinterest is pinterest.co.uk slash twinkletrainyteachers. We're on TikTok at twinkletrainyteachers, all one word. And our new YouTube channel with Matisha, you can find us at twinkletrainyteachers ECTS. Right, so thank you so much for coming on today, Sam. Um, why don't we start by you telling us a bit about yourself? Well, thanks for having me on. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm Sam Cairns. Um, I work with Art Fund as their cultural learning advisor. Um, if people aren't familiar with Art Fund, it's a national charity for the arts. It was set up in 1903, um, and one of its aims is to increase the use of museums and galleries and give people more access to go and enjoy them. And focus recently has been around children and young people. I'm also an Arts Mark Assessor for Arts Council England, uh, which is probably a programme that's more familiar to most teachers, which is an absolute joy to do and hear about the arts that are being delivered in schools. That's lovely. Now, this might be a slightly difficult question, but I think before we go on, we should probably define what we mean when we're talking about the arts. So um, what does that mean to you? This is the question that is kind of how long's a piece of string. So the arts can mean a huge variety of things where you are making a creative product and being inspired. Um, I think probably for the purposes of teachers working in schools, it's probably easier if you say, if you define it for yourself. So say this is what we want it to mean in our school and what it's important for the kids in our school to access and enjoy and, and feel confident taking part in. I Personally, if I'm defining the arts and thinking about it in a school context, I think of art and design, music, dance, drama, film. So all those sorts of things. I also think it's an interesting thing where you think about creativity, because obviously being creative is really important part of the arts, um, but it's not just an arts skill. So you can be creative in science, you can be creative in math. So creativity and arts often get confused, but they're two separate things, but they're really dependent on each other. Yeah, and this will kind of feed into our next question. But do you feel like building that creativity in the arts would transfer over to other subjects? You know, being more creative in science and maths, say? There is, there's a huge amount of research trying to figure out if that is true. 
I personally think so, but I don't have the data to back that up because it's really difficult to research. But I think that when you train yourself to work creatively, it transfers across. And I think when I'm doing arts mark assessments, I often feel like teachers are talking about seeing an impact on their kids of increasing the amount of arts they do in school, that the kids feel more comfortable taking risks and being creative and not necessarily knowing they're going to get a right answer because there isn't a right answer in the arts. Um, and, and that then transfers over to risk taking and being creative in other subjects. Now, it's really interesting you say that because I, I worked at a very creative school, I felt, and we, we made a lot of time for art and dance and drama and uh, and I definitely saw the benefits in the children, but it was in things that are harder to define, like being more willing to push yourself out, take a risk, or being more willing to try something new or kind of that building that outside the box thinking. Um, so why, why do you feel the arts are especially important for children to experience? So for me, arts are an incredibly important component of education. I think an arts-rich education is something that's really important to make sure every child gets. But I also think it's especially important that they learn to read. It's especially important that they study maths, that they're a, they feel they're a scientist, as well as being especially important they're comfortable thinking themselves as an artist. But there is a whole load of research around the value of the arts in the way that you don't tend to think about researching the value of doing maths. Um, and what's really interesting with that is if you look at really big population studies around the impact of an arts-rich education, what you tend to see is some really interesting benefits. So there's research done in America with cohort studies of kids where they looked at children from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, so kids experiencing disadvantage. And the ones that had an arts-rich education compared to the kids who say perhaps did sports instead, the ones with the arts-rich education saw a whole load of benefits in their adult lives. So, for example, they were three times more likely to go to university if they had an arts-rich education than if they didn't with their peers from this lower socioeconomic background. They were more likely to vote as adults. They were more likely to volunteer. So it's it's quite difficult to quantify what it was within the arts-rich education that was having that impact. But there seems to be something about life outcomes that you get if you can make sure everyone experiences and feels ownership of the arts. Do you think it's because a lot of the arts are collaborative in a way, especially kind of music and acting, for example? I'm not sure it's that because actually sports didn't have the same impact and sports is about teamwork. I'm, I mean, I I do wonder if it's the creativity element of arts, but the research hasn't been done, so we, we can't be sure. Um, so there's all sorts of reasons why you, you might assume the arts is having these really positive impacts. Um, and I think you might see them as a teacher when you look at your kids, but but you you can't you can't prove it yet. In fact, I've been involved in some education endowment foundation research where we were trying to look at the impact of doing the arts on literacy. Um, and it and it was a massive project. It was randomized control trials, really high quality. Um, and we went through it, but the outcome was that engaging in the arts to deliver literacy outcomes was just as good as the existing interventions, but we couldn't, it, it wasn't any better. And so from my way of thinking, it's, well, you get arts and your literacy outcomes, that's what you want. But but we can't say arts is better than other types of delivery for delivering non-arts subjects. Sorry, that was a bit of diversion. There. No, not at all. I mean, that, that's really interesting to me. It must be quite a hard thing to try and prove with data. Understanding the impact of one subject upon another is really difficult because you can obviously say, well, this is 
so for example, with Artsmark, you're looking at things where you're going, how can you deliver high quality arts rich education? And Artsmark provides a framework for schools to think through that about how they want to do it and links into things like cultural capital in England uh, within the Ofsted um, framework, obviously. And, and so you can think about how can we improve our arts education, but trying to understand the role of arts in how it might improve other subjects is really difficult. But I think there is a read across because anecdotally people report it. Yeah, uh, and I'd I'd agree with it in my experience. But as you say, it's all it's all anecdotal. I mean, my mother was a teacher and, and swore by kind of creative curriculum and mantle of the expert and a lot of those kind of things. So we want to talk about something quite specific within the arts now. So um, let's talk about visiting museums. What do you think are the particular benefits for teachers and children going on a visit to a museum? So I've, I've already talked about how I think an arts which education sort of provides this uplift in outcomes. Um, but I think the specifics of going to a museum or gallery, going on a trip, I imagine people listening to this, can you remember a school trip that you went on? I expect everyone can. And so there's something about leaving the school and going somewhere in a really purposeful way that sort of provides purposeful, memorable learning opportunities. And and it's that real cross-curricular thing as well, because you might go to a museum, say, to study a history subject or to study art or science, maths. There's sort of museums offer so many different programs, but um, there there will be a whole load of other unintended benefits that you'll get from doing that. So it, and, and also just incredibly exciting and something different. I'm also really struck often by teachers talking. So I, I used to um, be head of learning at the Churchill War Rooms, which is part of Imperial War Museums, amongst another of a number of roles. But um, something that always struck me was teachers saying, it's really interesting seeing X, Y or Z in the museum context. They're really different to how they are at school. They're behaving really differently or they're really focused. And so I think you you definitely see in terms of providing learning opportunities for your whole class, museums are a way perhaps of reaching the kids that you can't. It's, what's the beer? Is it Carlsberg? Refreshes the parts that others can't. It's uh, perhaps something like that with a museum. No, I'd agree with that. From my experience, there are some children who genuinely come alive in that kind of, I don't know if you call it a more practical setting, but when they've got real world objects in front of them, that really grabs their attention. Um, so you, you obviously you worked at a museum before and museums now quite frequently have education officers who devise days for children. I know when I've been to a museum before, we had full-on actors kind of being people from different time periods or being archaeologists and talking to the children about what they do. Is that the kind of experience teachers will get now at most museums, do you think? Most museums will have someone who is thinking about how they can support schools to deliver the learning outcomes that you're looking to do. Um, they will really vary in the kind of provision they offer, whether it's living history, whether it's object-based learning, you know, it, they'll often tailor it. So if you can contact a museum in advance and say, these are the things I want to deliver or the subjects I'm looking for or the types of learning, the museum learning team will, will be able to work with you to produce something that you want. There's also lots of information on websites and lots of different workshops that you can see all the different things that are available, but there's, there's a huge variety out there. But I do know teachers are really time pressed and it takes a lot of time doing that research um, which is what the teacher art passes another project I've been working on is all aimed at doing is to try and cut down the amount of time teachers have to spend finding museum opportunities and working out how you incorporate them into the curriculum. Oh can you tell us a bit more about the teacher art pass? 
Yes, so the Teacher Art Pass is part of, so the art fund I mentioned at the beginning, which is the National Charity for Art, they have a National Art Pass, which is £78, which offers free or reduced price entry to museums across the UK. And they are particularly interested in how they can support teachers, partly because they're really interested in how teachers have contact with kids and you can encourage children to visit museums and their families, but also because they know teachers have done amazing work and they want to do something nice for them. So they've created a Teacher Art Pass, which is 20 £25, which is all the same benefits as the National Art Pass and some additional newsletters and information specifically aimed at teachers. And that's come out of a piece of work I did with them, which was a research and development year looking at what would be helpful to teachers. And so all that stuff about no time to research, trying to find where to go, trying to find where your local museums are, the Teacher Art Pass has been designed to shortcut that so that it cuts down the amount of time teachers need to spend when they want to try and organise a visit to get all those benefits for kids and young people. Well, that sounds fantastic. And I I will say again, just from my personal experience, any museum trips I've been on, uh, the museums provided us with risk assessments, really tried to help out, plan the whole day for us. And some museums even provided us with kind of follow-on resources we could use in the classroom afterwards. So it, it is a bit of work up front, but the museums are so helpful that it really is worth doing. Um, so if, say, you're a trainee teacher or an ECT, it's your first time organising this kind of trip to a museum, what do you think would be some ways they can make the most of the experience? I think the thing that makes a visit most successful is how you can embed it into your curriculum and scheme of work. So I think it's if you can, it's really helpful to visit a museum in advance as part of planning your visit. Um, And then the other thing that's really helpful is to think about what you're going to do in school before to link to the visit, the visit, and then what you're going to do afterwards to build on that. And and museums are really interested in how they can help you do both the pre and the post visit stuff. They'll always provide information, there'll be resources. So and and because museum learning officers know that that's what helps make visits successful and give really strong outcomes. And I'd just add to that from a planning perspective, let's say your topic is the Vikings, you're in year three, four, and you're doing the Vikings, you might want to think about, do you want that trip at the start of your topic? Because if you do that, what you can do, which is really nice, is you can just do a mind map of, okay, what do we know about the Vikings before we go on the trip? You go on the trip and then do one after, and you will see the learning from one day, and it will be massive, um, the difference. Or if you put that at the end of your topic, then it's kind of more of a consolidation of everything you've learned. And it's kind of a nice way of celebrating the learning. And I've had trips like that where the children have been able to impress the museum staff with what they already know and pick up some additional facts as well. So there's kind of pros and cons to both approaches, I think. So going back more generally to the arts in the classroom, what do you, I know teachers are very pressed for time and I'm not convinced it's actually possible to fit all the allotted things we're supposed to do in the curriculum into a teaching year. But what are some small ways teachers can fit more arts time into their curriculum? I think this comes down to that cross-curricular stuff. So are there ways in which you can incorporate arts into what you're doing anyway. I mean, it comes back to that education endowment foundation research where actually you're doing what you need to do, but you do it 
also incorporating arts. So things like I know people who start with art. So there'll be a five minute starter activity to a topic or even at the beginning of every day where you do a tiny bit of art just to incorporate it in. Um, I also think there's something about how you deliver other subjects using art. So there was um, a great project in Southampton that I was involved in recently where they were using dance to do geography. So um, instead of mind mapping, for example, they would get kids to, they were talking about rivers and they were talking about how rivers flow and they got kids to dance and move in the different ways like meandering or swiftly running, all those things. That's fantastic. It was. And, and also like their retrieval afterwards was amazing compared to just writing it down. And also the send kids were able to really get involved because although they maybe didn't know the word meander, they could act it out and show, I know this is a way that a river moves or, you know, so it was, um, there's lots of different ways where you, where you take an existing arts activity and just add it into what you're doing and there's lots of guidance online lots of museums have information about doing that for different subjects yeah and a, a nice way of building vocabulary in there as well that see that's where you start to see all these benefits stack up when you do things that way um i, I remember a time we did the romans and we we made roman shields and i i taught the children some of the formations um, and then they actually had to go outside and perform the formations. It was great. They loved it. It was, uh, you know, quite a funny afternoon, but they remembered. They remembered all, all the info about the Roman army. You talked at the start about um, children maybe from lower socioeconomic backgrounds who, who whose parents might not have time or money to go out to museums. So what can teachers do for those children who might not get to experience the arts very much at home? I think a really key thing that teachers already do is taking kids on trips. So there is a there was some government data again a few years out of date now which showed that these kids experiencing disadvantage weren't getting to experience museums or galleries unless their school was taking them. So it it's very time intensive and we know it's hard work but actually just taking the children across that threshold into a museum into a museum gallery gives them the confidence to do it again to perhaps go with their families i actually um your mention of the Vikings reminded me that I was doing some interviews around the teacher art pass research and someone talked about Jorvik Viking Centre and the fact because they do online sessions, lots of museums will offer an online session. Leeds Museums are another great group of people who do lots of online um, activities so you can have people beamed directly into your classroom if you can't get the trip out. Um, and they'd done a Jorvik Viking Centre session and then the kids have been so excited that they'd taken their families there from the fens up to York um, three of the families who've gone in the holidays so so there's something about by exposing children and people to museums and galleries either through their websites in the classroom or taking them there is incredibly important because it opens up those possibilities I mean that is essentially what I think the offset cultural capital work is about it's about making sure that everyone feels confident to use these public resources which which are publicly funded things and everyone should feel entitled to use I think that's such a good point. And quite often people, just for whatever reason, they don't know about them or they don't have time. They don't make use of everything that's available. Libraries are a classic example of this. I mean, our local library does so much nice stuff for parents and children. I, I don't know how many people know about it. That's lovely. And I, I completely agree. I think once children have done something once, if they've enjoyed it, they're going to tell people about it. They're going to tell their family. They'll be excited about it and they'll want to do it again. And it's so nice that she went all the way up for that trip. Um, going back to your teacher arts pass, just outline for us kind of 
what people would need to do? Do you have, I'll put the link below in the description, but where would people need to go if they were interested in finding out more? So if you're interested in getting one of the teacher art passes, they're £25 for teachers. Um, if you go to the Art Fund website and there's a link to click for teacher art pass um, and you can just fill in the details, you need to say which school you're from so that we can validate that you're definitely a teacher. Um, but that's all you need to do. Then you'll be sent information, something that teachers said they found really useful teacher art pass. It comes with an art map, which shows you the network of all the museums and galleries that you can get into for free. So you can go and visit and do that research. And there's all the information collated in one place. It's again, it's supposed to be a short cut so it saves teachers time when they're trying to figure out where you want to go for visits or be inspired with new places so again art fund website and you can sign up for the um the teacher art pass there i'm also really aware christmas is coming up uh, although i appreciate people might be listening this not at christmas time but there is you can also give it as a gift so i don't know if schools are ever allowed to suggest to parents if they're looking for something but they can gift a teacher art pass to teachers well, that would be a very nice gift, I feel. And I'll, I'll add on to that. Uh, teachers, if you're thinking about your summer trip, because we always used to have a summer trip um, and you want to link it to your topic, a museum trip could be just the thing. And there are outdoor museums as well. There are several open air museums um, near us that are also fantastic to visit. So thank you so much for coming on today, Sam. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss um, before we finish? You mentioned how important libraries are. I think museums and galleries are the same because they're public spaces where we are citizens. We're not consumers. And I think it's really important that kids feel ownership of those spaces and the role of teachers in making sure kids do feel like they're citizens and can go and use those spaces is so important. So thank you very much to everyone who's putting the time and energy into making it happen. So if you're looking for resources or ways to think about sort of that start with art activity, Gomesal Primary School, the art teacher there, she has an Instagram um, account and she posts lots of really great ideas. So I'd really recommend checking that out. And if you're looking to learn more about how to use museums within your teaching, there's actually a future learn course, which is free, I think, to sign up to. It's called Museums as a Site and Space for Learning, which will tell you a bit more about how museums work if you want to learn a bit more about the pedagogy behind them. Okay, so thank you so much. If you're interested in the Arts Parcel, just finding out more about Sam's projects, I will put the links down below in the description. Please do get in touch with us if you'd like to share your experiences from this term. I'm putting together a Christmas episode and it would be lovely to have some of your experiences. Hopefully some heartwarming ones would be really nice. If you've had any great wins this term, I'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.